Hey, Bridge family. My name is Taylor Brent. I'm one of the pastors here at The Bridge. Most of the time, I get to hang out with students, and that means drinking a lot of energy drinks, drinking a lot of coffee, and eating a lot of pizza. But I'm so excited to be with you. Man, we've been in this series, FM 2022, and Kenny has done an amazing job setting up where we're at, what it looked like to follow Jesus in the first century, and what it looks like to follow Jesus today in 2022. We looked at Jesus, he calls you. Man, he called people like Matthew, who was a tax collector, and, and no one liked Matthew. He was the worst of the worst. And if Jesus calls Matthew, man, he's calling you. There's nothing you've done, you said. There's nowhere you've been that disqualifies you from following Jesus. And then we looked at how big of a deal it was to follow Jesus, to be a disciple. This was an elite competition. Only the best of the best got to be followers of rabbis, followers of teachers. And yet Jesus comes to you and he comes to me and says, I choose you. Follow me. Be my disciple. Learn from me. And we learned that Jesus has the authority, not from man, not from another rabbi, not from another teacher, but from God. He has all power and all authority. In fact, if we're followers of Jesus, he gives you that power. He gives me that power. He gives you that authority. He gives me that authority to make disciples of all nations. He's invited you into the story of redemption. Man, I love I love where we're at, FM 2022, because this is what I believe, that following Jesus will make your life better and following Jesus will make you better at life. I believe that with everything that's in me and my students would tell you that I repeat this over and over again. I want it to be stuck in their head. I want it to be stuck in your head that following Jesus will make your life better. Now, doesn't mean you won't have trouble because you will and it doesn't mean that you won't be hurt because you will. Tough things in life happen, but following Jesus makes your life better because you have a hope. Not, not a hope that things might happen, but a hope that is an assurance that one day Jesus will come back. The King of all, the Lord of all, and those who follow him will be with him forever. You have a hope and a future. And following Jesus will make you better at life. You will make less mistakes and you will have fewer regrets when you follow Jesus. When we love God and love others with all that's within us, it helps us make better decisions, which leads to less mistakes, which leads to less regrets. And when you're 30 and 40 and 50 and 60, you can look back at your life and see how following Jesus helped you. Following Jesus makes you better at life. The more and more I follow Jesus, the older and older I get, the harder and harder it is to be a follower of Jesus. There are things that Jesus asks us to do that are simply hard. They're simply difficult in the moment and in that time. In fact, when Jesus says to love your neighbor, Jesus, have you met my neighbor? My neighbor has a dog who wakes me up at 3 a.m. in the morning. Jesus, I don't want to love them. And, and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus, I don't know. They don't like my family. I don't really like, do I have to pray for them? Can I cut that part out of the Bible? Pray for them, love them. I want the me version, right? Christianity would be so much easier if it was about us, but it's not. Jesus, following Jesus is, 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 is different. It's something different. He came to do something new and, and sometimes that can be difficult. But before we make that decision to not follow Jesus, before you and I make the decision to unfollow Jesus, I think there is a critical question that we have to ask ourselves. And we get that question from a conversation that Jesus had with his closest disciples. In John chapter six, Jesus is doing what only Jesus does. He is teaching and he is, he is preaching and these big crowds are coming and they're gathering and they're following and they're listening to Jesus. In fact, this crowd was so big, it was about 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. 
And about this time, because Jesus likes to talk and he's a great preacher, it's lunchtime. It's time to eat. People are hungry and the disciples come to Jesus and they're worried and they say, Jesus, like, we don't have enough food and and we don't have enough money. In fact, it would cost like six months of salary just to feed this amount of people. And then a disciple finds a young boy and brings him to Jesus. And this young boy has a couple loaves of bread and a couple of fish. And Jesus does what only Jesus can do. He prays, gives thanks to God. And then he starts to break the bread and break the fish and pass it around. And as the, the people, this, this large group of, of this large crowd gathers around and they're passing food and they're breaking food, they're eating to their fill. And Jesus tells the disciples, hey, go clean up, clean up any extra. We don't want to be wasteful. And basket after basket after basket are left over. And the crowd is amazed. Can you, can you imagine it? It's like Jesus is kind of like Oprah, right? You get some Chick-fil-A and you get some Chick-fil-A and you want some waffle fries? Oh, you want the, the spicy deluxe sandwich? There you go. They're excited. What would you do in that moment? The crowd who's so happy wants to make Jesus king of Israel. They want to proclaim him king. They want to put him on his shoulders and make him the ruler then and there. And Jesus knows my time has not come yet. This is not right. And so Jesus steps away. We pick up our story the next day. Jesus has crossed over the Sea of Galilee, and they're in this little town of Capernaum, right there on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. This crowd who's just been fed the day before, they they get word that Jesus is in the synagogue, and so they make their way over to the synagogue where Jesus is teaching, and Jesus says, hey, I know why you're here. I know your heart. You're here because I fed you. You're here because you got food, but I'm telling you there's something better. There's something better than the food that perishes today. There's something better that gives you eternal life, and it's the bread of life. And Jesus goes on and says, And I am that bread of life that has come down from heaven. And this is where we pick up our story in verse 41 of John chapter 6. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? We know this guy. We know his mama. We know his daddy. We know where he grew up. He's right down the road from you and I. How can he say he came down from heaven? And Jesus continues, and he says this in verse 54. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks of my blood will have eternal life. All right, talk about Jesus. It ain't that kind of party. Eat your what? Drink your, drink your what? Like you can imagine this moment, the crowd is looking around at each other and they're, they're whispering, what did he, what did he say? And, and you, can, you can imagine a mother putting her hands on her, her, child's, his, her little child's ears. I don't need her hearing this. This is sacrilegious. We're not following it. This is cannibalism. And a father ushers his family out the door. What did Jesus say? In fact, verse 60, the crowd starts to say to each other, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept this? Who can accept this? Who can embrace this? Who can follow this? Jesus, this is too hard. You're asking too much. I can't do that. And have you ever been there in your faith journey? Have you been there as you follow Jesus? Has it been too hard? Has there been something that you just couldn't embrace? Has there been something that you just couldn't handle? And this is where the tide begins to turn. Verse 66, John tells us this, that after this, many of his disciples, this is a large crowd, the 5,000, 
many of his disciples turned back and they no longer walked with him. They decided to stop following Jesus. They decided to push the unfollow button. I can't handle this strange teaching. I can't do that, Jesus. And in this moment, can you imagine the 12 apostles? The ones who Jesus said, follow me, and they followed. They left everything, and they followed Jesus. And they know that if the crowd loves Jesus, they're going to love the disciples because the disciples follow Jesus. That if Jesus is hated, they too will be hated. Can you imagine what is going through their mind right now as the crowd gets thinner and thinner? Can you imagine as they're looking at each other over their shoulder and they're making eye contact and each of them are feeling something different? And I believe Jesus knows what they're feeling because he is God and he knows their hearts. And this is what Jesus says. Do you want to go away as well? Do you want to go away as well? I love the original Greek. It, it, it more uh, easily translates to this, like, uh, you don't want to go away too, do you? Peter, you don't want to go away too, do you? J John, you don't want to go away too, do you? I think this, this moment in the story is so relevant for you and me. Because if you haven't already, there will be a time in your life, there'll be a moment where you ask the question, should I continue to follow Jesus? And I tell you when those times are, they're in times of transition. And we see it in student ministry a lot, from middle school to high school, from high school to college. It was easy to follow Jesus back in the day where my mom took me to youth group. And I had a group of friends who, who could pray together, Pray together, I could go to youth group and have fun, and it was easy to follow Jesus. But now that I've transitioned into high school, I'm trying to figure out life and what that looks like. And there's so many things to, to jump into. It's, it's not really a priority anymore. And as I go to college, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who I am. It's a new town. It's a new city. I have a new group of friends, and maybe their priority is not going to church and following Jesus. And you want to fit in, and so you make the decision, and you ask the question, should I really follow Jesus? Or maybe it's from, from college to young adulthood or from young adults to being married or, or having kids. And maybe it's a transition from a different job and you wanna make a, an impact in job that you are at. And so you're up early in the morning and you're working late at night and there's no time to really follow Jesus. There's no time to really do anything else other than your new job. In times of transitions, we ask this question. In times of temptation, we ask these questions, right? You, you, want, you want to get a little further in your job. And if you tell a little lie here, you cheat a little there, man, you can, you can advance in your, in your company. You can advance in your career. And, and maybe it's you see that group over there, and they're, they're watching that stuff, and they're drinking that stuff, and they're, they're smoking those things, and they're doing those things with their boyfriend and their girlfriend, and they're, and, and they're doing all these things, and their life looks great. And you, you ask yourself, is following Jesus worth it? Look at their life. In times of temptation, we ask this question. And then in times of trouble. In times of trouble, when we're dealing with the death of a loved one, when we're walking through pain and hurt and depression, when there's anxiety and when there's stress, we ask this question, is it worth it to follow Jesus? Jesus, I've been so faithful to you my whole life, and this happened to me. This death happened to me. I've lost my job here. 2020 happened, a pandemic shut down my world. 
And now I'm nervous that 2022 is going to be like 2022. Jesus, is it worth it to follow you? Or should I push that unfollow button? For me, this, this question and this decision came up in my life, my freshman year in college. And I attended this small Baptist college up in East Texas, East Texas Baptist University. And my first two weeks there, I was very depressed. And I was angry. I was, I was mad. You see, I had different plans for my life. I wanted to go to God's country, to Austin, Texas. I wanted to be a Longhorn. I wanted to go where my girlfriend was. I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I knew for certain that Jesus had called me to East Texas Baptist University, but I did not want to be there. In fact, within the first two weeks, I had already told the missions office that I was leaving. I already started on, on my papers to move schools. I didn't, I didn't want to be there. I didn't think it was worth it to continue to follow Jesus. This was too hard. I was in a different town. I didn't know anybody. It's not what I wanted to do. It's not where I wanted to be. It was too hard. But I love how Peter responds. In this moment, Jesus asks, you don't want to leave too, do you? And Peter, and if you've read the gospel, you know Peter sometimes talks and what comes out of his mouth is not good. It's bad. But Peter here says something so brilliant that, it, that he answers Jesus' question with another question. It's so brilliant. And it's a question I think if we take with us, if you take with you, if I take with me in times of, of, of transition, in times of temptation, in times of trouble, it is going to help us. This is what Peter says. Lord, to whom shall we go? Lord, to whom shall we go? Peter here recognizes something that most people miss until it's too late. Peter here recognizes that if I choose not to follow Jesus, I choose to follow something or someone else. If not you, then who? If not this, then what? If not here, then where? Where will I go? If I say no to Jesus, I say yes to somebody or something else. And yes, Jesus, it's not going the way I thought. I thought you would be king already. I thought you would get rid of Rome already. I thought that you would be, be victorious and I would be at your right hand. But where else am I going to go? To who am I going to walk to? It's hard to follow Jesus, but I think Peter would say, before you walk away, you need to consider this question. If you're not following Jesus, who or what are you going to? If not Jesus, then who? If not Christianity, then what? We need to think about it. In fact, Peter goes on in verse 68, to whom shall I go? For you have the words of eternal life. Jesus, I know the life that I would have. I know the life that I would go back to. If I left your presence, if I left following you, I would go back home and I would continue to fish and I would have kids and maybe I'd live long enough to have grandkids and then I would die. But Jesus, you have the words of eternal life and I would rather live for something and die for something than die for nothing. Where else am I going to go? You gave me an opportunity that is bigger than myself. You invited me into this story, into this narrative that is bigger than me. And as a Jesus follower, as a Jesus follower, Jesus has invited you into this grand and glorious adventure. 
an adventure, a narrative that starts at the beginning of time when Jesus says, let, when God says, let there be, and there was. That has this climax when, when Jesus dies on the cross for your sins and my sins, taking the penalty upon himself, but he did not stay dead. He rises from the grave and he is victorious over his sin and death. And one day, one day he will call all those who follow him home to be with him forever. And you're invited into the story of redemption that you and I can take this gospel, this love, this story to the ends of the world, telling others, man, you can have a hope too. You can have salvation too. You can have peace too. As Jesus followers, you're invited into something bigger than yourself. If not Jesus, then who? If not Christianity, then what? We have to have an answer. And what is more satisfying than following the Savior of the world? Is it that girl who's super cute? Is it that guy who's really hot? Is it that promotion you're going to get? Is it the wealth that you're going to have? Is it that big house that, you, that you're spending all your time to achieve? What else is so satisfying that you're leaving the Savior of the world to follow? If not Jesus, then who? If not Christianity, then what? And when we choose to stop following Jesus, when you say no to Jesus, when you push that unfollow button with your walk in Christianity, I believe that you will have regrets. In fact, check out what Peter says. We have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus, if I, if I leave you now, I know I'm going to regret it because I believe you and I've seen too much. I've seen you turn water into wine. I've seen you heal the sick and the broken. I've seen you, you feed the thousands. I've seen you walk on water. And I've come to know that you are the Holy One of God. I love this phrasing here that Peter uses. It's a callback to the book of Isaiah. And in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah uses this phrase, the Holy One, to describe God over 30 times. And here Peter is saying, I have believed and I have come to know that you are God. And if I left you now, I would come to regret it. In fact, one of the 12 did leave. He would unfollow. He would walk away from Jesus. And we know in Matthew, in, in Matthew 27, verse 3 to 4, that Judas, after walking away, after unfollowing Jesus, that he regretted it. And he would regret it to the day that he died. We have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. If not Jesus, then who? If not Christianity, then what? And this is the question that we have to answer. If we would just pause in the moment of transition, in the moment of temptation, in the moment of trouble. If not Jesus, then who? If not Christianity, then what? Where will I go? So run right hell. Whether you're on the couch or you're driving in your car, whether you're cooking lunch for today, would you just answer this question? Would you say this with me? Where will I go? Would you type it in the comments? Where will I go? We have to answer this question. In times of transition, in times of temptation, in times of trouble, that you will walk in, the difficulties in life that you will walk in, you have to answer this question. If not Jesus, then who? If not Christianity, then what? In fact, I, I believe that this question will, be, will bring clarity. When we ask this question, if not Jesus, then who? It will bring clarity in the times of transition. When we're seeking to walk away, to unfollow Jesus, if not Jesus, who? Is this more satisfying than the Savior of the world? It will bring clarity in times of temptation. When we want to do that, 
not Jesus, then this is this more satisfying than the Savior of the world. It will bring clarity in times of trouble. When you have question upon question, if not Jesus, then who? Not Christianity, then what? And if you choose to follow Jesus, you will be thankful you did. If you choose to follow Jesus, you'll be thankful you did because following Jesus will make your life better. And following Jesus will make you better at life. And so those two weeks in to my freshman year in college, I sat in a pew at First Baptist Church in Marshall, Texas, and I asked this question of myself. Do I want to continue to follow Jesus? Is it worth it to follow Jesus? Or do I want to do what I want to do? Do I want to lead my life for myself? And in that moment, I made the decision, yeah, I've seen too much. I've believed. I've come to know that he is the Holy One of God. And so I made a decision to continue to follow Jesus. And because I made that decision, I met the woman who would later become my wife. And because I made a decision to follow Jesus, that woman would, would later give me the three greatest things in my life, my three boys. And because I continue to follow Jesus, I made connections in ministry in Louisiana across, across the border of Texas. I made, I made connections um, at this camp that I got to go work in and learn and grow in my faith and grow in this journey of following Jesus. And because I chose to continue to follow Jesus about 11 years ago, I sat at a camp where I made connections with, and I listened to a pastor who got up on stage and he told this awesome illustration about, about James Bond. And afterwards, I went up and introduced myself to that pastor, and he told me his name was Kenny Dean, and he worked at a little church in, in Sugarland, Texas. And because I chose to continue to follow Jesus 11 years later, Kenny gave me a call. Because I chose to continue to follow Jesus, I get to worship with you. I get to serve with you. I get to see what God is doing in our community right alongside of you. You will be so thankful that you asked this question. If not Jesus, then who? If not Christianity, then what? Salvation is free. It will cost you nothing. Following Jesus will cost you something. But not following Jesus, it could cost you everything. Where will you 